Hello, everyone. I'm Jinx Monsoon, and welcome to a brand new episode of Hi, Jinx, with me, Jinx Monsoon. Today's episode is a long time in the making. But before I tell you about that, have you checked out jinxandela.com recently? It's that time again. The Jigsadela holiday special is coming through North America presently. We are going through the States, the United States of America, as it were, as well as Canada, all through the rest of November and December, past Christmas, all the way till New Year's. So go to jigsandela.com, get your tickets for easily the best show that Dale and I have ever created together. But as I was saying, today's episode has been a long time in the making. I am so in awe of my guest today. She inspires me in everything she does. Her sense of community, her sense of family, and her sense of self is something we should all aspire to. You're going to hear about it today on the brand new episode of Hijinks, where my guest is none other than season 13 winner of RuPaul's Drag Race, Simone. So buckle up, hunker down, and sink your teeth into some brand new Hijinks. M. Oh. M. Mom. I'm Jinx Monsoon, and welcome to Hi Jinx, a podcast where I, an internationally tolerated drag superstar, get to interview compelling and fascinating people about how they became who they are and why they do what they do. Today, we are joined by my drag sister and winner of season 13 of Drag Race. That makes her a sister winner. <laughs> It's Simone. Hi, Simone. Hi, Jinx. <laughs> okay. Now, I have wanted to have you on this podcast for a very, very long time. Oh, my. Um, basically, since your season, which at this point is like, what, two or three years ago it's now? It's going on three years, <laughs> sister. Three years. Which is so crazy you to think about. You have done so much in three years. Yeah. It's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. It's been a wild but so much fun ride. I I, I think about it sometimes. I'm like, I cannot believe, you know? I just I was just going on a you show know, to show my drag and look where we at now. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I mean, but like you could see the passion. Yeah. You could see why you do drag. And Thank then, you. you know, to me, you like... You've just like, you just keep hitting it out of the park every time you got a moment where we're all paying attention to you. You never disappoint yes, us. Ma'am. You never drop the ball. <laughs> Thank you. You know, um, you know I, I can't. At this point, you know, it's just like, you just can't do it, you know? And I have great people around me to help me, you know, keep it going. So I, I just love drag and I love you know, surprising people and, you know, growing and learning and just exploring drag. So it's always, it's always fun when people, you know, respond well to it. And I'm, it, I'm doing well enough so far. So I guess it's working out, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> Precisely. Um, I want to talk about your season. First of all, mm-hmm. I have a rule when I'm interviewing sisters is that okay. if I ask any question, that you've been asked a billion times, just say, no, I've already answered that tons of times and we'll move on. <laughs> okay. Oh, wow. The first interviewer to give yeah, me yeah, this permission. Yeah. I like this. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, because I know that I hate answering the same question over and over because it's like there's already an interview that talks about this. Anyway, Let's people can Google in. it. Yeah. Now, <laughs> but look, I want to talk about your season. Um, yeah, you. Please. You used a phrase. You used a phrase um, that really kind of became like your banner, and uh-huh. you exemplified this the entire season. And I think it's a big contribution to your winning. Um, and uh-huh. that phrase is unapologetic. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. And yes, ma'am. 
it wasn't the first time I heard the phrase, but the way you used uh-huh. the phrase, I was like, this is what we need to be now as a queer community. This is what absolutely this is, you know, like um, this is what every it's time for everyone to <laughs> to stop apologizing for being there. Apologizing. Yes. Absolutely. (laughs) When did you take on that spirit? Oh my God. I think the year, the couple of months before going on the show was really pivotal for me. Um, If people remember, that was when the George Floyd um, murder happened and the, um, Mm -hmm. and the protests were happening. So I felt very, I felt in, in, I felt very hurt. I felt very, discouraged I felt very just like it, it honestly scared and yeah you know I I had a I had a moment of you know I can either fall prey to the scared and just like fall back or I can push through it and drag obviously helped me do that and I told myself when I did when I was gonna do the show I said you're gonna have fun you're going to look the way you want to look and you're going to be unapologetic about it. And I think it also is a culmination of my growing up because I was, I was just so scared to be myself. I thought I couldn't be a black gay man. You know, I, I thought those things just couldn't coexist. And so I was just very shy, very into myself. What was to just always go to my room and just, I always felt like I was apologizing and being ashamed of who I was and when I found drag, that helped me really, really come out of my shell and like, like, j- just like simply like myself as a person. I'm not even talking about loving myself. I'm not even talking about looking in the mirror, like liking what I see, just like liking myself. And so I just really thought it was important for me to go on the show and embrace myself, embrace my queerness, embrace my blackness, embrace my femininity. And I just thought it was just important for me to do that and to be very, very unapologetic about it. And so like, I went into the show very conscious that people are watching because I mean, at the time, you know, it was basically the pandemic. We weren't out, we weren't fully out yet. So I knew people (laughs) would be watching closely. Yeah. So it was just very important to me, you know, all those things, (laughs) childhood, trauma before and all, and just knowing my eyes were going to be on me, you know? Yeah. You know, um, and it just shined through you in everything you did that Thank season. You. And your runway moments were so thoughtful and uh-huh. you used fashion yeah. to convey your your spirit and your passion and what was important yeah. to you. Just A plus all mm-hmm. around, my God. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that now, means so much coming from you because you know, I love you. I love you so much. And I think you are just- Well, you inspired I, me. I you inspired me when I went back oh on All Stars because like I said, I heard the phrase unapologetic before. I just didn't yeah. think it applied to me. You know what I mean? Like I didn't think- uh. You know what I mean? And then I kind of started thinking about it in terms of queerness. And then yeah. I was like, oh, I apologize all the time for my queerness in little tiny ways. Absolutely. In just the way that I mm-hmm. make myself smaller for the world. And yeah. you lit a fire under me to stop doing that. Seriously. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Well, that is a, that's amazing. Oh, my God. Don't make me cry, Jinxie. Well, it's true. And that's why I've always wanted to have you on this podcast. But (laughs) I want to talk about something you said, though. It's going to be it's a hard left turn, but it is topical. because I (laughs) someone posted a meme today about Will Smith and I Uh didn't get it. And then I had to look up um, what's going on with Will Smith. And there's a like a scandal Mm -hmm. right now where an assistant of his said he was having uh-huh. sex with Dwayne Martin in a dressing room and that he walked in on it. Right. And right. this sensationalism makes mm-hmm. me think about what you were just saying. You said you didn't believe you could be a queer black man. And I think about this yeah. and I think about how shit like this is plays into that. You know, plays into the idea that blackness and queerness are mutually exclusive and that to be like a masculine, uh, prominent black man, 
the idea of being queer on top of that is like, I mean, I can't believe in 2023 that we're like, still, yeah, we're just, still trying to have these conversations. Yeah. Like if, if it's true, mm-hmm. then you just outed him. And why is that okay? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> First and foremost, why is that okay? And then two, why, like you were saying, why are we essentially making fun? Because your intent was to make fun of him and to make him seem like exactly. a less weak or less than man. And just because you're queer or, you know, on any of the spectrums doesn't make you any less of a man or any less of a woman. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, or however you identify. So it, it, that's a big thing in the black community. And it's a hard thing because I think people just, just to go back to me as an example, I think a lot of people in my family, um, it's easier for them to digest because I was on the show. And now like, I think fame helps them digest it a little bit better. How like, but you don't always I, see that translate. You know what I mean? I hear you so much yeah. because you know, like people in my family haven't always been amazing about certain uh-huh. things. They've always been, they've always <laughs> tried their best. But what I will yeah. say is they started educating themselves when success mm-hmm. and fame came my way because it became very clear yeah. you can either get on board with me on this or bye-bye. <laughs> bye-bye, yeah. <laughs> nice knowing you. Nice knowing you, sis. <laughs> sis. Sorry about it. Yeah. But yeah, it's just a really hard thing in the black community because it, it, it stems from so many things. Um, obviously how we how we were treated in the country, the black church, all these mm-hmm. things. And so, you know, masculinity is we we, especially the black men, have to be seen as strong. And for, and women too. It it, mm-hmm. it affects uh black women in a different way, but um you have to be strong and a provider and you can't be seen less than and you know you being intimate with other men is somehow makes you less of a man and it's really heartbreaking because even if if he were if he is gay I'm not saying he is or you know whatever but even Mm -hmm. if he is that just made it that much harder and it only fuels the reason why he feels like he can't come out you know and of course there's other factors to it but it's just gross it's just it's gross, and especially for other Black men to do that to each other, it just only perpetuates the thing. And I always say, I always think about the the, the little babies that are in, you know, the country and, and, and or in smaller towns that deal with it. And they see this and they're like, oh, well, of course I can't come out. You know, of course I have to go and live this yeah. lie and create a whole life for yourself. It's just, it's just, it has so many yeah, ripple it, effects that he probably didn't even understand he was doing. Or maybe he did and he just doesn't care. I don't know, but... It definitely is. Yeah, you know, we'll, we won't understand the intent, but I do know the effect is, like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, from what I could ascertain, like, that's exactly how I felt about the situation, is this is just going to make it mm-hmm. that much harder for not just, you know, him or other people from commu- uh, from his community, but men in general. Yeah. You know, and here Will Smith was... Men in general, yeah. You know, like... His uh, Will's kids are shining examples of a new generation, you know, creating their Mm -hmm. own rules about their gender and their identity. And it's funny that he could be praised for being a dad to his gender nonconforming children. And yet because of who he is, uh, a rapper, um, a TV and action film star, a married man Mm -hmm. uh, identifying as straight in the public eye. It's like, it's, it blows my mind that like we can, as a society, see, it would be fucked up to, like, judge his acceptance of his children. Right. But when it comes to accepting him as queer, that we can't idea do it. is just a big joke. We can't do yeah. it. Yeah. It's just somehow not fathomable, you know. Or if it is fathomable, it is, like you're nice. saying, it's a joke. It's it's really insane. And I guess it's because, I don't know, like, you, that people have this image of him. Which is, mm-hmm. you know, which is perfectly clearly curated by said team, you know. Mm-hmm. But, you know, people are allowed to change. People are allowed to be who they are. And, like, people, as much as we like to laud change, people don't like their... People don't really like change. <laughs> yeah. You know, once you tell, when you tell them this is who you are, and, and you know, as a, as a 
uh, a famous person, they don't want you to really grow out of that. So it's oh, yeah, it's, oh yeah, it takes crazy. years it to takes years, <laughs> it takes yeah. years to it's, rebrand. <laughs> you know, like I would be watching the Kardashians and they just I don't know, you know, but the, on there I don't know if you watch. Do you watch the Kardashians? I don't, but you know, I get the I get enough. I get inundated enough about them that I feel like I watch You know what's going on, yeah. (laughs) Well, just a long story. This season, they're trying to rehabilitate Tristan's image. And Mm -hmm. he he was the one that cheated on Chloe very publicly. Mm -hmm. And now this season is the rehabilitation thing. But, you know, I say all that to say that, like, it takes people's... You have to, like, literally lead the horse to water for people to be like, oh, okay, like, this he's a changed person or he's trying to do it for the... You know, like, people just can't like yeah. just accept it you know they have to be led to i it. mean if you just apply it to us like us drag race girls mm-hmm. those of us that's the good uh-huh. you know like you kind of stay who you were on your original on the show until yes. you go onto an all-stars you know yeah. and that's why i was so grateful for my experience on all-stars because i have changed a lot in 10 years yeah and it was time everyone got to meet got the to new see that me, you know yeah. <laughs> For sure. And that's one of the really good things, you know, that that is really good about going back. You know, you get a chance. Yeah. It's a whole new audience, it feels like, or at least a bigger audience. Not whole new, but a yeah. bigger audience now. And people are, when you go on there the second time, they're like, oh, it's just a whole new girl. You know, it's like, it's literally like, they're like, yeah. it's, it's so, the same, you know. You're leading me straight to the question that What's I that? know you've been asked a billion <laughs> times because I got asked a billion times. Yeah. Um, is that if there were another season of All Winners, mm-hmm. does that mean we could expect Simone going back on? You know what? I always say, never say never. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know. It's it's a dicey game because I, I feel like... I hear you. I feel like I just... I- so well on my on my season, I feel like I showed who I was very thoughtfully and carefully. So to go back, I guess I feel like I haven't grown enough. Like I've grown obviously. Over That's what I was gonna say is that I don't, like, yeah, I, I don't feel, feel like, like I've grown enough to like. There was go back something and, that Raja and I gained having that was different from the other girls, and we were the right. two girls that like it was a decade for both yeah. of us. <laughs> yeah. Or over a decade. Or over a decade, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Raj. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, you know, there was, not to say that, I mean, every every uh, winner performed so lovely on our of season. Of course, of course. But, you know, it was also kind of like, uh, it felt like Monet and Trinity were joking, and Shay were joking about it feeling like a revolving door, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. When you did as well as you did on your season. Mm-hmm. I can totally see why you would, I was gonna say my personal advice to you would mm-hmm. be to wait, you know, some time. And yeah. then, you know, if there were a time where you wanted to reintroduce yourself, I highly suggest yes. this as, as, a, as a modus operandi. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's kind of, I think that the, having this conversation, that's the best way of putting it. Like I'm just not, ready to reintroduce myself. I don't think I've grown enough and I'm a different kind of person to go back and reintroduce myself. I don't think, I, I don't think I'm. Well, you're I, also, I mean, like you're allowed to have some fun with who you are right now. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you so much for saying I mean, that. it was only a couple of years ago. I you know. should still be riding that wave. I'm still trying to make love <laughs> to myself, darling. Jeez, give yeah. me a minute. <laughs> So a big part of who Simone has been uh-huh. since season 13 of Drag Race <laughs> is a member of quite a notable drag family. Yes, ma'am. Um, you are, uh, dare I say, like, there's drag sisters, like, Dayla and I, um, drag sisters. We, there's lots of famous duos. Right. Are you in, are you in Gigi, like... Dayla and I joke about how we're kind of like twins born a couple days apart. <laughs> but a um, couple days apart. Would you, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Would you say that you and Gigi, I mean, you two just work so goddamn well together. You do. You always look stunning together. Mm-hmm. You can tell that the friendship is deep. Yeah. Um, tell us how that. How did we get here? <laughs> where, um, G, where Gigi and Simone just. <laughs> 
work. <laughs> like, what happened? Um, no, I want to know. <laughs> Tell me the bread. Lead me down the trail. I sure can. <laughs> so she moved here in, I think, 2018, and I moved here. Oh, well, okay. Let me start. It even becomes before <laughs> that. So, you know, the house moved here, I think, in 2017. Two years before here I is LA, right? Here is LA. Yeah, excuse me. Sorry. Mm-hmm. For all that don't know, in Los Angeles, <laughs> darling. And... <laughs> They they so they moved from Arkansas to here in LA and I stayed back because one I was still very young and I was still in college, uh, mm-hmm. so and I and I had to you know figure my life out. I was not in a good. I was not ready to move, so stayed in Arkansas two years. Gave got my money up and then the opportunity just arose. It was just kismet. Like the where I live now, the room upstairs was free. They were doing, uh, they being the house, were doing really well in nightlife. And they were like, okay, I feel like if you come out, we can get you gigs. And, you know, you could figure it out. It's like, okay, I'm going to move. So I get here February 19th, 2019. And that weekend, uh, this is when we were doing gigs at Mickey's. We were hosting every Sunday. Uh, so it was Gigi. So I come in and it was my first night. I'm very nervous, all in white. And... I think Hunter was the one that goes up to Gigi and say, our sister, she just moved here. Um, she's, she does drag just, and you basically have to be nice to her. <laughs> so she comes up to me and I knew who she was before because I, I would watch their stories and, you know, we still talk. Like we were in a group chat. We've always been in a group chat. So if I'm putting this together, uh-huh. just making sure I'm following everything. Right. Correctly. House of Avalon moved from Arkansas to LA. Right. And that is where House of Avalon met Gigi. And yes. Gigi started it. Was she quickly she, a member of the house or no. a friend to the house? Friend to the house. <laughs> friend to the house. So she, she was okay. already, I'm caught up. Yes. Yeah. She's <laughs> out doing her own thing. Mm-hmm. She's, you know, making a name for herself very quickly. Because I, I remember mm-hmm. being home being like, oh, my God, this girl. And she was all of a sudden everywhere in L.A. So she was out doing her thing. And they met at Mickey's as well. Or not Mickey's. Maybe it was one of the other gigs. But we all really became close at Mickey's because we all did the same Sunday night. Um, so she comes up to me first first time I'm here and she said, oh my God, hi, I'm Gigi, introduced herself. And I'm like, oh my God, hi, I'm Simone. And we just, it literally just felt like it just clicked. And I literally told her, I was like, um, we're going to be friends. I was like, give me your, give me your <laughs> phone. I put my number in her phone. And she put her number in okay, mine. Okay, but and now I'm going to ask the cheeky question. What's the cheeky question? Was was it at all like romantic? No. Was it at all no? Just Never. immediately sisterhood. Immediately you just saw the sister. Yeah. Okay. Like we <laughs> are truly sister, and I think we're kind of our dynamic is much more big sister, little sister, mm-hmm. and sometimes, and I think it kind of fluctuates. You know, sometimes <laughs> I go to her for advice on things because I I've always said this. I admire her drag very much. I think that. As like as a drag queen, she's so very good at what she does and such a creative. And so yeah. like I when I first when I first looked up when I was first here, I really looked up to her a lot because she was doing it in such a very just I don't even know what the issue is. Immaculate. Immaculate way. She's immaculate. She's immaculate. It's like. You know, and, here's the thing is like, mm-hmm. I think every queen has her own superpowers yeah. and um, most queens have an arsenal of superpowers. Mm-hmm. And um, I think one of the superpowers as a queen is that immaculateness, yes. you know, that like precision. Polish. And some queens just possess that. It's it's beyond polish. Yeah. It's like you are just head to toe, stunning. stunning. I can see as zero flaw. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how you do it, but there you go. <laughs> but there you fucking go. So, and, and I do yeah. feel like we we just, and she, ha- she has that, she possesses that. So I feel like the big sister, little sister role kind of goes back and forth between us because we lo- yeah. we've learned a lot from each other going through this process. But I don't know, it's just very organic with us because we, when we collaborate on things, our personalities are very different but we just gel together you know it just makes sense when we are put together in a situation and we are forced and they just say go you know um we both love fashion but we have very different approach approaches to fashion and you know reasons why we do love it so very much and i don't know i just feel like we learn from each other and we make and we 
push each other to be better, you know? Like, it's never like a, it's not like a rivalry thing, but it's also like, we both shine so very brightly, so, but we want that for each other. You know what I mean? We want, uh, we that, want. I mean, that's really, really lovely. And, yeah. you know, the fact that it sounds like you bring out the best Absolutely. within each other. Absolutely. And you do have different, like, you have your own unique taste and style, mm-hmm. each of you. And it's very clear what that is. But the reason why I think it works so well together is that you are both drawing from cultural moments from the same period, but from different sides of culture. Yeah, from different perspectives. And and to see those, yeah, from different perspectives. And to see those perspectives together in this new age, Mm -hmm. you know, without like the layers and layers of... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> I mean, there's still those layers, but I feel like, you know, you and Gigi represent like just um just a really beautiful friendship, friendship. without all the fucking bullshit of yesteryear where it's like we have to question why two queer effeminate people are friends or or make it about, you know, like the reason why I asked the uh the romantic sexual question is because. In Portland, you meet someone that's just ha- you got to get it out of the way first. I don't know what it <laughs> it's is. It's like about a handshake. It's a handshake <laughs> exactly. It's called the Portland handshake. And, um, <laughs> so it, you can assume any friend I'm telling you about, like from way back when, mm-hmm. there was probably something. But <laughs> oh God, Jane. But you know what? Also, but then there's, get it. There's in, also huh? just the fact that you two are absolutely stunning. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> No, it was never sexual between us. You know, we we yeah. talk about boys and what we like and things like that, but it never was an attraction between the both of us. And I think that is for the best on both yeah. of our because we uh, Dale and I. Dale is like one of <laughs> Dale and I have never had any romantic or sexual stuff, and neither me and my um, music partner uh-huh. either. And I do think that that's a uh, a reason for longevity. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Keep that mystery a mystery, sis. Yeah. <laughs> so if I'm like um, hypothesizing, yes. you and Gigi um, become very close, yeah. sisterly. She and... lives across the street. Really? She Currently? Does. Currently. That's beautiful. So we have we have our okay. So we, we it's kind of like a square on our block. Have you ever uh-huh. been? Have you ever been to our house? You've never been over here. Have no, you? I need I need to go to L.A. more without like. Just tons of shit on my plate. But yeah, I will. Anytime you're <laughs> if here, this is an invitation. I'll be. It there. is. Anytime you're here, please <laughs> hit one of us up, but uh, or both of us, whatever you want. But uh, <laughs> we basically have our our duplex building. I live on the top mm-hmm. with two other friends who moved from Arkansas, and then Mark Hunter, Grant, Caleb live downstairs, and then we share a driveway with the house next to us, which is our studio, which is where I'm recording to you. <laughs> now from live and in color and then across the street literally across the street from this studio is where Gigi lives and then uh riley um aka rubber child if you if you don't know yes Uh, i've known rubber child for years years. i know uh, riley yes and she lives (laughs) next door so it's literally all of us that's really really special yeah did okay now was it that someone had to move in and then edge all the neighbors out or did you luck (laughs) out and find a bunch of houses next to each other so it really it was quite (laughs) organic so we had so it started with us in our building and then Uh Gigi was actually uh up on another block, but she still lived in K-Town. She, she was still walking distance. And then the place yeah. she has right now opened up. And so she moved in while I was filming the show. So I, I came back with, yeah. didn't even know until it, it was. <laughs> you surprise. came back and she's like, I'm your roommate. I'm your roommate. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, okay, sis, <laughs> And then this studio, uh, there was actually people who live, who, it was like a moving company and they moved out. And so the owner who owns our duplex owns this place as well. And he renovated it, and we were literally like, we want it. Like, literally, we'll, we want it. There's, You don't have to look for anyone else. We will take it. And so we got this place, and then the people across the street moved out, and Hunter... And you jumped on it. You jumped on it. Hunter texted <laughs> Ryland, was like, they literally just moved out. What do, you want, what, do you want, what do you want to do? They came over that day that Hunter texted him, came over to look at it. I think they signed the papers like two days later or something like that. <laughs> so we we get it quick. We don't play around. <laughs> I love it. You know, um, okay, so 
You and Gigi have an immediate connection. Gigi's yep. now a member of the House of Avalon. Yes. So, so Full fledged or, or still like friend two. Friend two. So we got <laughs> Okay, okay, we okay, okay. okay. There's five of us. Um, I was members. just, I, I assumed at this point, maybe she had been. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but we call but, each other. Um, our whole thing is Avalon TV. So it's Avalon TV. That's why, I, that's what I was going to get to. Yeah. Um, with Gigi as uh, uh, um, <laughs> a member of Avalon TV. Yeah. I guess my brain was kind of filling in Blake's, but why don't you talk to us about Avalon TV? Oh my God. Now that we're talking about the house of uh, Avalon and the yes, block darling. of Avalon, the Avalon square block. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about Avalon TV. Um, so... Mm -hmm. It's actually kind of crazy because we've been on this project for two years, really. Uh, we've been filming every for for two years, and mm -hmm. um, basically, Avalon TV is a amalgamation of all of our love of television. It's it's our way of exploiting television, so to speak. Um, <laughs> that's kind of a, you know that's that's our tagline. We're exploiting television, mm -hmm. and uh, we say that because all of us kind of connected with each other through television that was that was we say that was our moms growing up as far as pop yeah. culture and <laughs> queerness and all that stuff you know oh my gosh uh, uh, may i ask about how old you are i'm 28 i'm about to be 29 yeah we're mm -hmm. we're we're close enough we're up, uh -huh. we're within the, i'm a little older but we're within the same generation generation yeah and so many of my friends feel i mean like I feel like I learned just as many life lessons from, it's why it sucks so much that Roseanne sucks so much. I know. Because oh. she taught me all about she life back in yes, the day. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know what's so crazy about that is that my grandma hated Roseanne. And, uh -huh. I, and I was watching TV late night, probably when I shouldn't have been watching, I should have been asleep. And then she came on <laughs> and I would just watch the episodes just come on and I, and I would just, learn so much about other families because it was just so different than how mm -hmm. I grew up. So like, it's just amazing. What <laughs> it was exact. I watched Roseanne because I felt seen by seen Roseanne. by Roseanne <laughs> because Roseanne was one of the first shows that had poor people uh -huh. on television Absolutely. because that was like unseemly, you yeah. know? So um, like mama's family was a little bit like that, but it wasn't so much about them being poor. It was more about them being hillbillies. Mm -mm. But like Roseanne was like a modern family that was poor yeah. and overburdened. Yeah. And that was and me laughing and their way through it. <laughs> yeah, or exactly. Overburdened and laughing about it. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so like, it's just, it's something we've always wanted to do and we've always wanted to have our own TV show and, you know, let people kind of behind the curtain. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what we did. We, we have a, a, a mixture of things. We call it kind of like a variety show in the mm -hmm. sense that we, it's our real lives in there. There's skits. I do a talk show where I have people come on and, and interview them. Riley does Riley on the street. Uh, Gigi, she recorded her, um, some of her transitional surgeries. Mm -hmm. um, it's just all of the favorite. We do jack drag ass, you know, which is you know <laughs> a, a play on jackass, and it's just <laughs> oh yeah, I yeah. saw what was I saw a picture of you and Gigi and Riley yes, dressed up as, as uh, Jack Nicholson. identical. Oh, it's <laughs> I was gonna say identical old creepy men. <laughs> uh, Jack Nicholson. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but yes, we um we do some crazy things, and we just wanted we wanted to do our all the things that we love about television, but we also wanted to let people in, and we just wanted to have fun. You know, I think yeah. we are in a time of just it's a lot of peril going on out there and yeah. we wanted people to look at the show and forget kind of all about that for at least 26 minutes you know <laughs> and just it's go on this journey with us and have fun and feel like they're part of it feel like they're part of our house and they're our friend you know so it, it's it's our, it's as much of an escape for us as we wanted it to be for everyone else you know absolutely i i do believe that like there is so much to be said for entertainment that mm -hmm. is so joyful and so happy that it can take your mind off of things. And that doesn't yeah. mean that you're trying to distract people. No, or, not at all. Because you can still talk about the issues. You can still mm -hmm. talk about what's going on in the world and still exhibit joy, you know, without Absolutely. it being kind of like trauma porn or something. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so exactly. I do think it. Putting joy out into the world is a very noble act right yeah. now. And then 
um, having uh, done a having done a documentary myself back in the day. Yes, ma'am. You know, it's not always easy to. I mean, it's it's better when you get like say over the final edit, but it's not always <laughs> easy to like let people see. You know the the less glamorous parts of your Absolutely. life or, or get to know you on a more personal level. And, and that was, and that was, you know, I think for me, the biggest struggle, and I was going through some things also, not, not, you know, mentally. Um, but that was the hardest thing for me as letting people in, because I'm, I'm as much as I love drag and being in front of the cameras as Simone mm-hmm. out of drag, I'm much more of a, you know, I would say reserved, not shy, just much more reserved, quiet person and a little bit more private so like that was something I had to like really sh- like push through, but it was I'm so happy I did it because it it made me grow and it got me out of that, you know. So I'm excited yeah. for season two. Like it, it you yeah. Know, fun. <laughs> and all six episodes are out now on Wild Presents Plus. Go ahead and watch them if you have not. You know, chosen family is just such a such a huge topic with me. Yeah, and um, I'm someone who still has a great connection with my blood family, Mm -hmm. um, and still finds like huge importance in chosen family. Absolutely, I think we talk a lot about chosen family for queer people Mm -hmm. when your own when the family you were born into or the family who raised you when they kind of like are no longer there for you. But chosen family is incredible. Even if you had a like a, a lovely childhood or you had right. a good relationship with your family, because there are just things that, that only you're real- other queer people are going to understand. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> right nail on the head. This is not a slight to your real family. Yeah, your no. family. It's just, just, you can't know unless you was queer, honey. Unless you was yeah, queer. Yeah. <laughs> No, no. <laughs> um, I I just have enjoyed watching the things you've done. Oh, like man. you attended you. the Met Gala. I did. Only a handful of the sisterhood have I've attended the Met yeah. Gala. I have no idea what that would even begin <laughs> to be like. Why don't you tell me a little it's bit so about that? Crazy. But you gotta have you have to explain it to me. Like literally what I know about the Met Gala is uh-huh. what makes it into memes the next day. You know, like <laughs> that's it. <laughs> oh my God. So I you know what's crazy about that is I told I said it on set. I don't think I've ever said it on camera, but I said it on set and people were like, what do you want to do after this? And I was like, there's two things I really want to do. And the rest of it, I, I would love to do, but these are the two things I'm going to do. And I said, mm-hmm. I want to do the Fancy Fashion, the Savage Fancy Show, and I want to um, go to the Meg Helen. Mm-hmm. And both of those things happened for me. So I'm going to say that I'm a manifester. But- <laughs> yeah, you're going to have to start thinking. I hope you have some new goals in mind. I do. They're not going to sit around and wait. And, and wait, <laughs> no, you got to manifest this and then work on it. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> So what, how it happened was uh, Jeremy Scott, who's a really good friend of ours, um, mm-hmm. he was at Moschino at the time, and he called me over to his office, which is uh, on Santa Monica, and I didn't know what was happening. I, you know, I was like, oh, maybe we're doing a campaign or you know or something or I don't know. And he, so he got there. He went, took me to his office, and he said, um, I, he said some really nice things, and, and then he said, uh, I was just wondering if you would like to go to the Met Gala with me and like I was on the brink of tears because I was like because at this time I was, it was getting to the point where I was like oh well maybe I'm not going to get to go this year you know maybe it's yeah. just not going to happen so he invited me to go and was like and I I was almost in tears because I was just like I can't believe this is happening I'm going to get to go and for all you know Anna picks she knows everyone that's going you know it uh-huh. is like uh-huh. it, like as a house you get your invites but you have Anna has to approve them yeah. so that meant that not only did Jeremy want me to go and, and wanted me to be at his table, but that Anna knew I was coming Miss and wanted Wintour. me to be there. Miss Wintour, <laughs> darling. <laughs> me and wanted me to be there. So it was really an honor. And it how it at least for uh when I went with him, you know, he was like, I was like, how does it work? You know, do we collaborate on a sketch? Do I say some ideas and you like interpret them like how does it work? And he said, I will I I do the theme, I design how I want. Who I how I see each girl in the Moschino brand, you know, as 
a Jeremy Scott Deep. And so a couple weeks go by and I go back to the office and he shows me the sketch of the dress. And I was just, I could not believe like it, it, it was so beautiful. I loved everything about it. Had no <laughs> critiques, loved it. And so we go into production of the dress and Michael Schmidt, who, who did my, who did a few, who did the armor finale look. Yeah. The oh ball. my God. Who was amazing? <laughs> has literally touched. He, you go in his studio. That armor was so incredible. So also, incredible. I have to tell you, you were being crowned. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, uh, that episode was airing, and I was watching it with a big group of friends in Portland. Uh-huh. And you came out in that armor, and I called my designer and I said, "We have to make sure my armor is silver." <laughs> <laughs> Because I was having all my looks made. Uh-huh. I, so crazy. It was like you and Jada that night both wore outfits. Like I was like, I had to call designers and be like, we can't do it anymore. We you can't gotta, do it anymore. We got to pivot. We got to pivot. <laughs> Back to the drawing board, Diva. You were so incredible. This is Thank what I mean. You. Like you never disappoint. Always a bullseye, always authentic yeah. to you um, when it comes to your fashion. Did you feel that way um, with the, with the, Jeremy Scott. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Like I, cause I was like, I, I really want to, I want to represent you, but I really don't want to go on the carpet and feel like I'm not being myself. I like, yeah. that was my number one thing over everything. Cause I was like, because I trust you. Because that's been your platform. That, yes. And, and I, and it's a beautiful platform. Yes. Thank you very much. And it's really important <laughs> to me. You know, I drag yeah. is very personal to me. Like it's, it's, it's how I express myself. So I was like, that's my one thing. Like, I don't care about the colors. Like the cut, like I, I just want it to be reflective of who I am. And um, so Michael Schmidt did, uh, he did the armor and he also did my crowning look, the jeans and the um, top. Um, Mm -hmm. But we, he constructed it around me, custom, custom look. And that look was, people don't know this, that look was so heavy. Um, That was like a, it was a 20 pound dress. (laughs) So I, it was crazy. And it had to be, it had to be flown out. Like it couldn't be shipped. Someone had to literally (laughs) get on a plane with it in their personal hand to make sure it got there on time. Because I flew out before it was finished. I had to get there before it was finished because I was doing a whole bunch of other stuff in New York before the mat. Um, But long story short, uh, they flew me out there. I uh, doing things in New York and then the Met Day comes and it is a full day deeds. It's like from the moment you wake up till the end, like, it is a full Met day. So yeah. I got up, had <laughs> breakfast, went to get my nails done, manicure, pedicure, or actually no, pedicure. Came back to the hotel, started getting ready. People were coming in, people from the Moschino team, people, my house was coming in, checking mm-hmm. on me, making sure everything was done correctly. <laughs> uh-huh. um, Gigi doing hair. Like, it, it, like this is, it's a ruckus in my room. Yeah. And I'm just sitting there doing, I'm just like, just focus. It's your day. Like, this is a great, great day. Don't get overwhelmed, you know? Uh, and so I do my makeup. I finish my makeup. Oh, okay. I was going to ask, did someone do your makeup that day? Or did no, Riley did. Riley did my brows. I was, uh-huh. She did my brows. Okay, okay. Um, I did. I painted myself that day. Uh-huh. And so, um, and actually I was looking back and I was actually really proud of myself because, you know, now I, I, Riley does my makeup now, but like, I was really proud of my makeup that day. I was like, oh, yeah. I'm really good. But, um, <laughs> so that happens. We get in the dress. Hair is done. You know, um, the far- photographers are coming in. People, we're in it. we're also filming this at the time, by the way. This is like one of the mm-hmm. first things that we're filming for the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and so get ready, go downstairs and, when, and meet you up with everyone else that was being, that attended. So Taraji P. Henson was there. Uh, Jay Balvin was there. Uh, Tom Daly. Uh, I know I'm missing people. Uh, Karen was there. Timothy uh, Chalamet was somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> he was there. He was in there somewhere. And it was just a really, really fun night because, yeah. you know, you feel like I felt like I kind of like stepped through that door. Like that was like the one true moment I was like, I, I kind of broken through it, you know? Uh, yeah. Like I wouldn't say glass ceiling, but just like, it, like I, I was in a, I was in a very different kind of room, you know, obviously. It's <laughs> what it is. What yeah. it is is that I think that have been the most profound moments in my career mm-hmm. is the moments where I really feel like, oh, they see me as an equal, equal. to these other people yeah. that I am on stage with or I'm at yeah. this event with. And that is always so special because yeah. as drag performers, we are constantly subcategorized. Yeah, We are constantly like, 
put into a niche category mm-hmm. as a way to, I don't know, other us Absolutely. from value, diminish us. So what you're Talking about sounds like a really lovely moment of yeah. affirmation. It really was. <laughs> and getting there into the mat and like having and being on those stairs, which is like people like, unless you're there, you just don't get it. Like it is crazy. The photography and the people yelling at you and like there's yeah. people, there's people trying to get you up the stairs and there's people behind you. And then you like, you don't want to fall and trip. That dress was so heavy. And I was like, I can't yeah. fall. Like, oh my God. And so it, but it, uh, it was just such a surreal moment. I got in, I got in and you do like a cocktail thing before dinner. It's like an hour yeah. cocktail moment that you can just like mingle with who's ever there. Got to watch, talk to Tracy Ellis Ross, who is lovely. Shout out to you, girl. She's <laughs> like, we were sitting on the bench together and she's talking like just a regular old D, regular old D, I love it. <laughs> she was so great, so amazing. Um, I got to talk to Tom Ford, who I adore and I think is one of our great American fashion icons. Uh, and there's other people I'm sure I'm forgetting. I know I'm forgetting. Uh, but you know, oh God. And so I'm I'm jumping all over. I'm sorry. And so that happened. <laughs> Don't worry about it. It's just so much. And then we go to dinner, you know, you 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 walk through, um, you get to walk kind of through the exhibit and see what they're doing, and you get to the main hall where the dinner is. And we go to our table, we're all sitting. I'm sitting next to with Tarashi Pansons on my right, which is major for me because I loved I've loved her since baby boy, which is like a really like that's in the black home. That's a really big film. So like to see mm-hmm. me sitting next to her is crazy. Tom Daly, who is so lovely and just great. Love him, love him, love him. Uh, and just sitting at this table with all these people. And then, in the, and I'm in, the, and then I'm at the, in the room uh, with all these people. It's just crazy. And then uh, <laughs> dinner happens, performance happens, just some, Bieber, I believe, performed at hours. <laughs> I'm correct. Justin Bieber was performing. Uh, just in madness. Madness and chaos. And then, of course, uh, I, Whoopi, I didn't know Whoopi was going to be there this year. And so she comes in. She's sitting. And she was Valentino that year. She was sitting at her table. Gorgeous, mm-hmm. gorgeous um, outfit she had on that day. Dress. And I was like, I really want to go talk to her. Like, I was like, I love her. I've loved her for so long. I watch her on The View every day. I've loved her since Sister yeah. Act. And Tom Daly was like, oh, do you want to go talk to her? Uh, she's a friend of mine. And I was like, what? <laughs> He's like, yeah, I'll introduce you. If you want to, I'll, let's go. And I was like, oh, okay, let's go. Let's do it. So he, he helps me up um, out of my chair. We walk over. And I walk out of her and I say, hi, how you doing? I don't want to take up too much of your time. But I just want to say I love you so much. I watch you every day. Um, and you've been such a huge inspiration to me. And I and I was like, I just wanted to say that to you. I don't want to interrupt. And she's like, well, thank you so much. Uh, I appreciate that. You look so lovely tonight. And I was like, <laughs> I'm good. Let's go party. I, so it was just, it was a great, it's a, it's an immaculate. There's much more things that happen, but I didn't want to, you know, take up too much time. But oh, well, immaculate I, I have w- one big question after What's this. Your question? But first, I need to pause for a moment and talk about yes. Whoopi. Now, yes. did you feel lightheaded when you met Whoopi? I did feel lightheaded when I met Whoopi. Doesn't it feel like when you meet, like, I've had the fortunate <laughs> uh, circumstance of meeting Whoopi twice. Oh the my first God. time I didn't really get to, like, say anything to her. I was just standing behind her on Watch What Happens Live. Uh-huh. And I'm staring at the back of Whoopi Goldberg's head. Oh, my God. For, like, half an hour, right? Uh-huh. Doing everything I can just not to not scream. Not to freak out. Her. Like, just to, like, <laughs> all I wanted to do was just scream, Whoopi! <laughs> like, my, I wanted to scream every title of every movie I've ever yes. seen her in. Like, Karina, Karina! <laughs> like, you know, just, I wanted to say everything. But I withheld it. And then, and then when we got to take a picture at the very end, and just like the only moment I was face to face with her, because mm-hmm. I had been staring at it at the back of her back head from head. the bartender table, you know, <laughs> the bar table at the uh-huh. uh if you you've seen Watch oh, Happens Lives, yeah. you know yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm uh, yeah, and then she turns around, and I'm finally looking at Whoopi Goldberg in the face, in the eyes, <laughs> and I thought I was gonna faint. Oh my god! Were <laughs> you doing the brain? Were you doing the bar can't yourself comprehend that, that she's real. That she's right there in your face, like I know, all of her yeah. glory, and she has such an aura about her that is like so. But she's just it, so I herself. wasn't alone that night. It was me and Manila and Detox, but you oh, could have. 
I would I would have told you I was alone that night. Yeah. The only the only two people in the room in my mind were me and Whoopi. You and Whoopi I don't Goldberg. even remember who the other guest was that day. And I'm sure it was someone really cool. Yeah. <laughs> but not as cool as Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now I want to ask, I want to close this out um, yeah. with a juxtaposition to your Met Gala story because I okay. have it in the in my notes here that you did something that I actually was really, really considering and I did not block out the time and it came and went and oh, I didn't make it a priority. Uh-huh. I wanted to attend my 10-year high school reunion yes. in full drag to show off yes. that the faggot from Grant High School made it. <laughs> <laughs> made it. Yeah. And you actually did this. I now, sure tell did. me about this experience. Oh, I have a picture. You look gorgeous. God. Thank you, but my But that's love. a duh. <laughs> so what was it like? And how does it compare? Oh, my God. To the Met Gala. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're obviously the same type of event. You know? Yeah, they're obviously. Names, 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 names. Names, names. <laughs> but um, it was such an amazing experience. And I'm so happy I did it. Because I've all even in high school, I said, I'm going to come to my 10-year reunion. Like, I've always said I'm coming back 10 years later. I didn't necessarily expect to come back in this kind of a caliber, but um, I definitely have always said I wanted to go back. And it was really, really fun experience. Riley came with me um, and we actually filmed it uh, for season two. So you will get to see some Ah, tickets. Yes, yes, yes. That is such a good teaser. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, I'm getting good at this. But but, um, it was a really great experience i got to kind of, i stayed with my mom this time um usually i'm like in a hotel or I'm, or i'm in little rock which is like 30 minutes away yeah. so i was actually at home and um what, i got some, what a surreal experience it's go really home, surreal it's stay like, home, home and go and, and like wake up in your mom's house yeah your high school reunion. yeah isn't it crazy like yeah but it was really <laughs> such it was just great because i got to go back and see and and feel kind of the person that I kind of left behind, you yeah. know, like as far as who I was in Arkansas, who I was um, after graduating and just like such a sadder, meeker, mm. not as confident person. So to go back in the space that I feel all those uh, negative emotions, mm. you know, um, and it was also like a weird time in the country, you know, that man was just elected and it was just, yeah. it was just all these things. And so to step back into it, um, your years later, and just kind of reflect on the growth that I've had mm-hmm. as not just a drag queen, but as a person, it was really, really cool. And I'm so happy I did it. And you'll get to see and uh, uh, in the final edits of it, like how everything unfolded. But um, I'm so happy I did it because I I feel like I came back to, to LA in a way a happier person because I, mm-hmm. I reflected on everything and I was like, wow, I've been kind of hard on myself. Like I, I said earlier, I, I, it was been a rough year mentally and I've been kind of hard on myself and not really appreciating and kind of like you said, falling in love with the process in myself. Mm-hmm. And so it I'm so happy I did it. It was really, really good for me mentally and, and emotionally and just all the things. And so it was, and you know, I got to go back and see my friends. I got to show Riley. Yeah. Arkansas and yeah. <laughs> you know, my my part of Arkansas and see my mom and see and and you know talk with her about you know what I was doing as a kid and starting drag and like where I am now and so it was just all a really beautiful experience. So that I'm sounds excited for you guys. Very to see. cathartic. And yeah, very it was. Happy you got it. To really have was that experience. Yeah. So I encourage <laughs> everyone. I'm jealous. I should have done it. God damn it. Did it. And I encourage everyone. <laughs> I encourage everyone to do it, no matter where you are, because it was really cool to see people from back when and like just catch up on stuff, you know, like I, yeah. I wish more people would have come. I think people, more people, they would have enjoyed it more, mm-hmm. but it was really great. And I'm happy to do it. And I encourage everyone to do it. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. 
So, Simone, I have some compulsory questions. That compulsory I ask questions. <laughs> let's but before do it. I do, let's make sure all of my listeners know where they can follow you. I'm sure they already are following you, but yes, just in case. Just in case you are not, you can follow <laughs> me on Instagram at the underscore Simone, S-Y-M-O-N-E. I know I comes up sometimes, but I'm the ghetto spelling. And then um, <laughs> on the ticky talkie. You can follow me um, at the underscore Simone as well. And um, follow the House of Avalon. We have an account as well. Um, and like I said, we are um, Avalon TV on WoW Presents Plus, and which is a streaming worldwide application. So get, yeah. get you some. <laughs> Don't worry, they, I've had to push my own wares. They know Wow Present Plus. Um, are you ready for the compulsory question? I am so ready for the compulsory question. You can answer them however you want. There's okay. no wrong way. Okay. Great. First question Who is your celebrity crush today? Oh, my celebrity crush today. I feel like I have many a boyfriend right now in my head. <laughs> but I, um, I've been on this kick where I watch uh, gay films right now and red, white, and royal blue. Um, <laughs> I did it, girl. I'm that girl. I have no apology. Do you love it? Did I you love, love it? it. I love it. I watched it. <laughs> it's bad. I watched it so many times. But I am obsessed. But... <laughs> The boy who plays um, Alex on there, uh, his name is Taylor Zakar Perez. And I just think he is beautiful. I think he's beautiful in every way possible. He That beautiful, beautiful face, that beautiful skin, that body. He's just... And, you know, he played a character that I would want to fall in love with. So I was like, you know what? He's mine now in my head. So <laughs> was that he is my the crush. British one or the American one? He was the American one, darling. Okay. okay. <laughs> but the British one is cute, too. I do like the British one, Nicholas. Well, you know, they have to stay married for posterity. But they says, do. You can't, you know, be a guest star. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if, you, if you're casting, <laughs> I'm ready to audition. Red, white, and royal blue, mm -hmm. too. The Simone. The Simone. <laughs> takeover. The take, yes, ma'am. Let's go Amazon. It's like I'm here. Princess Diaries. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. you in a Princess Diaries <laughs> parody. Yeah. Okay, I'd watch that. Okay, my next question for you is, oh, I usually do my celebrity crush. Yeah, who's your celebrity gonna, crush? I'm going to free associate today. And since Zakar was the middle name uh -huh. of your celebrity crush, I'm going to say, I'm going to give a shout out to my friends, the Zakar twins. And oh, say they yes. are my joint celebrity crush. I, I, I know I shouldn't think of them as one person. <laughs> uh, yes, they are today, different people, Jinx. But I can have multiple crushes at yes, once. Yes, you can. So. <laughs> as a lady of as a lady of the world, you're allowed whatever you want. Yeah, very, <laughs> uh, it's called being sophisticated. Absolutely. Now, my next question for you is: Are you spiritual? Am I spiritual? I'm getting more into spirituality. I, I you know, I grew up uh, Christian, and that's actually kind of how I knew I was a performer, but. Um, I think I definitely am much more into spirituality and just knowing there's a universe out there filled with energy and we're all connected to it in our yeah. own way. And we all tap in how we tap in. You know, I feel like that's a better explanation of our experience than, you know, there's someone in the sky pulling a string, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I hear is, I truly feel this way. Believe whatever the fuck you want to believe as long as Absolutely. you make a decision for yourself. Yes, as and long, you're not harming anyone. As long as you're not, you're not harming anyone and you continue yeah. to think for yourself. Um, any Any faith or spirituality becomes dangerous when you turn the part of your brain off yep. that makes decisions for yourself. Yes, that makes <laughs> decisions for yourself and make rational, informed decisions that are based Yeah, look at a reality. situation objectively and not yeah. just the way that your pastor tells you Absolutely. <laughs> I love that that makes you turn your brain off. It's so great. I Yes. God, flip that. God, Jesus. And my final question for you, Simone, is what is your go-to karaoke song? My go-to karaoke song. I am a huge Tina Turner fan. And my Tina Turner song is Wildest Dreams. I love that song and I love that album. So that is my go-to karaoke song at the I moment. I love that. Mm -hmm. uh, Simone, I honestly, I have wanted to have you on oh. since since episode one of season 13. You are just so lovely. Thank you so and much. Please tell 
your entire family, the House of Avalon and all their friends. <laughs> Tell everyone on the block how much I adore you all. And I'm I just, sure will. I'm just rooting for your continued success, my sister winner. <laughs> Thank you so much. And I and I have to say, I love you. I've loved you since your season. You were also a big inspiration. You were you were just yourself and you <laughs> traveled, you trucked through it. And I love you and congratulations <laughs> on everything. And well, more continued success to you too. And y'all have fun I, out there touring. Sell day lots at Hyde. Oh yeah. And if, if you just reach out to us, if the house of Avalon is in town in LA, when we come through and. Oh, for sure. Down. I would yeah. love to. Oh my God. We would love to. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. I love you so much. Simone. I, I hope you, you have a wonderful rest of your day. You too. A wonderful weekend and um, wonderful shows. Beautiful. Shows. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> Bye baby. Bye. And thank you all so much for listening to Hijinx here on the Forever Dog and Moguls of Media Network. My name is Jinx Monsoon, and we have new episodes every Wednesday, so make sure to search for Hijinx on your favorite podcast app and hit subscribe. You can follow me at the Jinx on Instagram, at Jinx Monsoon Official on TikTok, and at Jinx Monsoon everywhere else. And I'll see you next Wednesday for some more Hijinx. Oh. Mom. To listen to Hijinks one day early and ad-free, sign up for Mom Plus at mompodcasts.plus. Hijinks is produced by Moguls of Media, a.k.a. Mom, hosted by me, Jinx Monsoon, and produced by Joseph Shepard. Editing and sound design by Will Pitts. Executive produced by Willem Belli, Alaska Thunderfuck, Big Dipper, and Joe Cilio.